Well, there's no way to sugarcoat this one. It was a bad bowl season for the Big 12 Conference, no doubt about it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, being a part of the show. By the way, and a side note, uh, we are slowing down a little bit on our koozie giveaways. So, you know, if you're dying for that Heartland College Sports koozie as you go to your Big 12 basketball games this year, Leave us a rating and review of this show on iTunes, uh, you know, Apple Music, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. You leave the rating and the review, you send us a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll send you the koozie in the mail. Really appreciate you guys doing that. It helps us a a lot more than... uh, you'd imagine, and we try to make it worth your time as well. So we appreciate that, guys. You know, when last year's bowl season went well, I was bragging on the Big 12. It didn't go well this year, and maybe it wasn't expected to go well. I didn't think it'd go this poorly. I I, I did not think it'd go this poorly, and the Big 12's got to take its lumps. Uh, you got to be fair. You go 1-5 in five in bowl games, you have a chance to prove yourself against some of the best programs in the country as an underdog in every game, and you lose five of six. No other way to put it, but a disappointing bowl season for the conference. Thanks so much for joining us as always. And while football is over, basketball is here, we go all year around with this show. So just a reminder on some of my predictions um, for the bowl games of the Big 12 from last week. You know, some I was uh, spot on on, some I was way off base on. But here were some of my predictions. I'll give you all my predictions from last week. I thought that Oklahoma State would lose to AM but would cover the spread. That's basically what happened. That's exactly what happened. I said 31-27 AM. AM won 24-21 over Oklahoma State. Uh, I thought Iowa State would beat Notre Dame. That was a terrible, terrible job by me. Probably my uh, worst prediction of the Big 12 Bowl season. I thought that uh, Navy would win by a field goal. I got that right. I'll take credit. Pat myself on the back right there. I got that one right. I thought Utah would beat Texas. I thought Texas would have zero motivation for this game. Dead wrong there as well. Good job by the Longhorns beating up Utah. And then uh, I thought Baylor could get by Georgia. I thought they'd be far more motivated, but they could not overcome just a very talented Georgia team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, Baylor losing to Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And then OU getting smoked. I mean, embarrassed by LSU in the Peach Bowl college football playoff semifinals. So that was a total disaster. Uh, Let's look into this a little bit further after we get my predictions out of the way here. Uh, Let's start with the college football playoff. This is now four years, uh, for the past five years, OU has represented the Big 12 in the college football playoff and basically gotten blown out, uh, for lack of a better word, in three of those four games. Outside of the Georgia game a couple of years ago, where OU got out to the big lead, blew it in the second half, lost an OT. Outside of that one, OU has really not been competitive in any of these college football playoff games that they've represented the Big 12 in. It's not good for the Big 12. I I know that year to year, things are always changing for teams in college football, right? Like, you can't take a team one year and imply what it's going to mean the following year because of turnover, uh, transfers, coaching changes. I understand that. But at some point, this does affect the Big 12. And I think we're approaching that point. 
with how this entire bowl season went, going one in five, and I know there were underdogs in every game, and the matchups were really tough for the Big 12. I, really tough. You know, the one that bothers me of all these games, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, I mean, the Cowboys should have won that game. They were leading in that game, should have won that game. That one pains me. Got to say, it really does pain me. But Notre Dame, tough matchup for Iowa State. Notre Dame's a top 15 team. Uh, I didn't think it'd be like that, but still. Notre Dame's a top 15 team. They showed up to play. They rolled them. Um, you know, Georgia is a is a top five talent in the country when you talk about top to bottom roster. That's a tough game for Baylor. Navy's a triple option team, which is difficult for anybody because you don't see that ever in college football anymore. And then, oh, you got LSU, which, uh, you know, it might be a generational team. There might be books written about this LSU team. That's that's how good it is. You know, I mean, this LSU team's the real deal. Blowing out Georgia like they did in the SEC title game. Blowing out OU. I know OU was missing Turner Yell. Uh, I, I know that Ronnie Perkins wasn't there and Stevenson wasn't in the backfield. But this was a disaster for OU. It was a disaster for the program. It was a disaster for the Big 12. And there's no other way to sugarcoat it. LSU ran them out of the building. They had no business being on that field with the LSU Tigers. And yes, the injuries are a factor and the suspensions are a factor. But guess what? You know, you've had four chances now at this. And you've come close to cracking it and getting to a national title once. One of those four years, you were close to cracking it. And the whole mantra of the Big 12, not playing defense. I know that those of us, and, and obviously you listen to this show, um, you follow the Big 12, you know that that is starting to turn, for sure. What Baylor's doing, the improvements OU is making, um, Iowa State, K-State, even Oklahoma State, throw them in the mix, TCU. This conference is playing some better defense. But man, with the way that game goes, with your best team on the biggest stage, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, the most eyeballs to ever be in a Big 12 game this year came on Saturday, and OU got itself shredded against LSU. Now, I think that basically every team in the country, this side of Clemson, Ohio State, and maybe the Alabama defense, uh, would have had a chance against that LSU team. But it doesn't change anything. I, You know, you can say, well, they're just that. Okay, but guess what? I heard from a lot of people down the stretch, and hey, I was buying into the OU defense as well down the stretch, but I heard from a lot of people, our defense is turning the corner, we're here to stay. No, no, I, I, not with how that first half went. And it's not all injuries, it's not. And that's what was disappointing. So, you know, I know that all these bowl matchups were tough, but man, that one in particular, college football playoff semifinal, I, at some point... The committee is going to have to flip a coin here. Now, this year it wasn't close. OU was the obvious fourth team to select. But at some point, they're going to have to flip a coin. Now, the good news is, you know, it's not like Utah showed up in the Alamo Bowl. They got blown out by Texas. So that's a good thing in terms of, you know, no one can say, well, if Utah had won, they should have been in. You can't really make the argument. If anything, you might be able to make the Oregon argument right now. 
And if you're Oregon, you got to say, why do we bother playing Auburn in the non-conference? I mean, we would have had a better shot at the college football playoff if we didn't play Auburn in the non-conference, which is a fair point. But outside of that, I mean, there's no one to me that you would have put at that four spot and said, I feel good about their chances against LSU or better about their chances against LSU. It was a tough spot for anybody in the country that would have been there. But regardless, you had your chance and it didn't go well. Just didn't. And it's something I'm looking at, shaking my head and saying, geez, uh, how, how do you how do you continue to do this? You know, at some point, you've got to get over that hump. Got to do it. Now, if you look around the country, the bowl records by conference are as follows. SEC, 6-2. Pac-12, 4-3. Big 10, 4-4. Four four, ACC, 4-5. Four Big 12, 1-5. And yes, matchups are everything. And yes, the Big 12 was underdogs in every game. But you're still staring down the barrel at a 1-5 season, and, or 1-5 bowl season. And as Phil Steele said on this show last week, the great Phil Steele, the legendary Phil Steele. And if you missed it, I highly recommend you listen to that interview. Please. Uh, Phil is outstanding. And we broke down basically every Big 12 team. He's, he puts about 25% stock into these bowl games in terms of looking ahead to next season. And when you're the Big 12 and you got these chances uh, against Notre Dame, against Georgia, against LSU, against, you know, A&M, and you blow them all, and in some cases you get embarrassed, it's difficult. It's really difficult. It's tough to swallow. I'm I'm not happy about it, but you know what? I got to eat the crow because last year – the Big 12 had a great bowl season. I was I was a happy man, and we were talking about it and talking about what it meant. And this year, you just you can't make that argument, and you got to be able to accept that. You know, you got to be able to accept it. And can I just say this too about Texas? I I know that Texas wasn't healthy a lot of the season, but think about Texas dismantling Utah in that Alamo Bowl game. Just just embarrassing them. And the fact that Texas played LSU to a possession. Now, these two teams play again week two next year. That game's at LSU. That's going to be a lot of fun. But based on what this LSU team did to OU, how can you not say that Texas underachieved? We all know Texas underachieved, but doesn't it become that much more glaring to think that this Texas team, I know the environment was different. It was at Texas versus basically in LSU's backyard. Not really, but somewhat when you talk about Atlanta for LSU fans. Um, To think that this Texas team played them uh, to a possession is absolutely outstanding. It just goes to show you this Texas team had an enormous amount of talent. And when you put it under a microscope with this LSU game in particular, it's like, what happened to that team? You know, what what happened to that Texas team that they somehow go seven and five in the regular season? Unbelievable. Pete Mundo at Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you on board. Appreciate you joining the show. Uh, Coming up, I want to talk about the uh, biggest disappointments in bowl season and, you know, a silver lining as well. Something we can look at and say, well, here's the good news for the Big 12 Conference. We'll get to it all. Coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. 
Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, and while the Big 12 Bowl games are in the books, we've still got plenty of Big 12 hoops on tap. Yep, and you want to get in the game with mybookie.ag and the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 50% sign-up bonus. Here's how this works. Um, You make your deposit, your first-time deposit, and 50% of whatever you put in goes right into your account as cash. It doesn't need to be unlocked. It's just there to play with and win with. And Big 12 basketball season is going to be outstanding, by the way. It's going to be a ton of close games, a lot of fun to follow, a lot of fun to bet on as well. And you want to do it at mybookie.ag with the promo code BIG12 and get your free money, literally free money, mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. And that'll lead you right into March Madness when the betting is going to be absolutely outstanding and out of this world. So help us out, help them out, and have some fun. Help yourself out. Mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. It's mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. As we continue to discuss uh, bowl games of the Big 12 Conference and the bowl season that was for the Big 12, I'm going to give you my top storyline coming out of each game, and we'll just go in order of these games. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Appreciate you joining us, being a part of the show. Uh, one in five bowl season for the conference. Not good. Let's go game by game in order. A&M beating Oklahoma State. And I kept thinking, 19 carries for Chuba Hubbard? 19, that's it? I mean, I get you're trying to protect the guy. We appreciate him playing in the bowl game. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, but man, he was tearing it up. He was having a good game. And I kept saying, how's he only getting 19 carries? Uh, and if that's the last we see of him, Godspeed to the young man. Had a heck of a career for Oklahoma State. Uh, won't take anything away from the guy. But, man, that's uh, that was frustrating because he was having a heck of a night and he was not getting the ball enough, especially when he's your workhorse back there. So that was uh, the story coming out of that one for me. That, that one, I got to admit, that one pained me as much as any loss because, gosh, the Aggies are just the worst. Uh, <laughs> the worst fan base, uh, the worst everything. They, oh, gosh, they're just... Oh, pathetic. Um, all right. Notre Dame, Iowa State Camping World Bowl. Coming out of this game, yeah, I, I realized that this year was a disappointment for Iowa State fans. And uh, expectations were not met. And it's always a loud minority of fans. But this odd uh, group of fans that is like knocking Matt Campbell. Can we pump the brakes for a second? You're just coming off playing... Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl and your Iowa State football. Like, I I think a small sliver of Iowa State football fans need to realize and remember, like, you're not Nebraska, uh, you're not Wisconsin, and heck, you're not even Iowa, okay? When you talk about historically what these programs are. You are still a team and a program that for the most part, for most of your tenure, has been a bottom feeder in the Big 12. And if not a bottom feeder, let's put it politely, a bottom half team in the conference, all right? That's not unreasonable. And I love Iowa State, all right? I mean, <laughs> I spent the past week on social media getting called an Iowa State homer by, like, everybody in the books. I don't know why. I mean, I picked them to be in the Big 12 title game. 
I don't know why that makes me a homer. I just thought they'd have a really good year. They didn't have one, okay? They lost too many close games. Uh, Campbell's got to get these guys over the hump. But this small sliver of fans that are knocking Matt Campbell, like, remember where you came from here for a second, please? Name Paul Rhodes, ring a bell. Like, let's just cool it a little bit, please. I just, I, and I know, once again, it's a loud minority of fans, but uh, someone's got to get a hold of these fans and tell them to shut up, please. All right? So that the the semblance of fans knocking uh, Matt Campbell after that bowl game, it just got to gotta stop, got to stop. OU-LSU Peach Bowl College Football Playoff Semifinal. Uh, just the OU defense. Uh, you know, I thought LSU would score 40-plus. I didn't think they'd score 60-plus. I was buying into the OU defense, turning things around. I know some couple of uh, key pieces, as I mentioned earlier in the show, were missing in Turniel and Perkins and whatnot. But, man, uh, quarterbacks getting smoked at every corner. I mean, OU corners could not keep up, no pun intended. They just couldn't do it. And that was evident in this Peach Bowl game. And you know what? OU got blasted for it. There's still work to do on that defense for Alex Grinch. Let's see what 2020 looks like for this team. So I won't harp on that one. For uh, Navy, K-State, trickery. You know, K-State comes back to tie that game late, right? With the uh, uh, big play to Joaquin Gill. Sets up the Skylar Thompson one-yard touchdown run. Game's tied. Couple minutes left. And Navy marches down the field. Completes a couple of big third downs. Third and shorts. And then they go for it. On fourth and short from the 40-ish yard line of K-State, they roll out to the right. Looks like a run because that's what Navy does. And bing, bang, boom, trick play. Throw the ball down the field, and K-State never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. I don't know how you don't see a trick play coming on a fourth and short in a bowl game. But I mean, you know, it's late. There's a couple minutes left in the bowl game. It's fourth and short in a tie game. That is the spot for a trick play. Like, if there's ever been a time where there's going to be a trick play, it's in a relatively meaningless bowl game on fourth and short at your opponent's 40-yard line with two minutes left. Like, that's what trick plays are made for, that that spot. And K-State looked ill-prepared to handle it, and Navy burnt them, set up the game-winning field goal. So trickery is the name of that game. For Texas... It's what if. Like, what if this Texas team that destroyed a really good Utah team and this Texas team that played LSU to a possession, what if that team was there all season long? I'm not saying they're winning the Big 12, but man, they're in the Big 12 title game and things are a lot different right now for Tom Herman and that program. We're not talking about Texas not being back Back at 8-5. and It's never going to happen for this program, even after last year. Firing coordinators and coaches all over the place. What if? And you know what? That's why I'm not firing Todd Orlando, by the way. Now, I'm not saying Chris Ash won't do a good job. But, uh, you know, the problem with this, uh, Todd Orlando did not forget how to play defense. He just, or coach defense. He didn't forget how to coach defense. He didn't. He had injuries all over the place. Um, But, man... (laughs) <laughs> the talent is there. The potential is there. And I know it always is for Texas based on how they recruit. But, man, if Herman gets this thing to click in 20 with Ellinger back, which I think he will be, boy, it's going to be something special. Or it can be something special. Can be. For Baylor, as I'm watching the Sugar Bowl and, and you know, Georgia, for the most part, have its way. I just 
couldn't help but wonder, is this it for Matt Rule and his cutoff hoodie? You know, short sleeve hoodie. Is it for him on the Baylor sidelines? Was I watching the last of Matt Rule coaching the Baylor Bears? And I hope like hell the answer is no. You know, and we'll talk about it more later in the show because I want to expand on this a little bit. But as I was watching him, I just kept saying, is this it? Is he going to go to the NFL? Was this a nice three-year run? Was it Rule basically getting the Bears back on track and somebody else is going to take over now and hopefully uh, try to continue the success that this team had this year? Or is this a guy that is going to truly uh, hang in there and become a staple and face in Waco? I don't know the answer. I don't. But I couldn't help but watch him and just say, if this is it for Matt Rule, boy, it's been a hell of a run. And it's exceeded every Baylor fan's expectations in three short years. No other way to put it. Um, And he is certainly someone special. And if it is the end, he will remain somebody special in Waco for a long time. There there will be pain. But man, he, boy, what he did, incredible stuff. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So uh, if you want a positive spin here, Power five winning percentage in bowl games over the past decade when you include this disappointing one in five run for the Big 12. I've got it for you here. This is the past decade, and it includes this bowl season. The best winning percentage the past decade, the SEC, 59.4%. At number two, the Big 12, 51.4%. Number three, the ACC, 49.0%. At number four, the Pac-12 at 47.4%. And at number five, the Big Ten at 46.2%. So there you have it, the percentages, uh, win percentages of the past decade. The Big 12 at number two behind the SEC when you factor in this year's disappointing one in five runs. So, uh, you know, big picture wise, it's still okay, but it doesn't take away the pain of these past uh, couple of weeks of games because they have been painful. They were painful and they are going to linger a bit in the 2020. They have to, right? When things are going well, when the bowl games go well, I say it should linger. So when they go not so well, got to be fair and say it should linger as well. But coming up, let's get to more of this Matt Rule news. Also, a uh, big player coming back to the conference. It's all coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And as we keep it rolling, we talk stats all the time on this show, right? And did you know that 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff? 80% of women think men should manscape. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. That's from Business Wire. Well, that's why we're proud that support for Heartland College Sports comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. How about that play on words? You guys like that? That's why the revolutionary Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag in the place you don't want to nick or snag, right? It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. It's exactly what you're looking for, especially as you go for the uh, you know new year, new me here in 2020. So go get 20% off and free shipping with the code HEARTLAND20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code HEARTLAND20 at manscaped.com. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just 
for our listeners. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Well, I want to spend the last few minutes on a uh, couple of big things. First off, Tylen Wallace coming back to Oklahoma State. How about it? I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Great to have you on board. Happy New Year. Appreciate you uh, joining us and being a part of the show. Tylen Wallace coming back to Oklahoma State after the torn ACL suffered in practice at the end of October is a huge deal for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And I'll tell you what. I mean, right now, this team is a dark horse Big 12 contender. You know, just on what we know right now, you'd probably say some order of OU, Texas, Oklahoma State, if you were picking the Big 12 in 2020 as of right now. But, man, if Chuba Hubbard comes back, and I would say if I were him, I would not come back. I know you love Stillwater, but, man, if you're a running back, you got to go make your money. Your body's only got so many carries. Uh, go, please. We love you here in Stillwater, but go. And I want him to come back. I mean, it'd be great for Oklahoma State and the Big 12 if a guy like that comes back. You could have, like, a Blitnikoff Award winner and, you know, a Doug Campbell Award winner on the same team. How ridiculous would that be, right? I mean, that'd be absolutely phenomenal if, if uh, Oklahoma State uh, could get that. But... I think Chubba Hubbard should go. I think he should leave and go to the NFL and start making some money. But, man, if he comes back and you've got Sanders with the year under his belt and you've got Wallace back in the fold at wide receiver and you have uh, Hubbard at running back and you've got that defense that was really getting good as the season went on last year, returns a lot of players on that side of the ball, it could be a special season in Stillwater. I don't know about 2011 special. I mean, that is like once in a generation special. When you talk about that Brendan Wheaton, Justin Blackman team that came within a crazy Iowa State game of playing for a national title. But it is going to be as special a season as Oklahoma State has had, could be as special a season as Oklahoma State has had in quite some time. I mean, that's the kind of year it could end up being for the Cowboys if Hubbard does come back on top of Wallace coming back. That was huge news. And, you know, I I just – I thought it was 50-50 with Wallace because I could understand him going, right? Like, with a wide receiver, I know he's not maybe the biggest guy in the room, you know, so he's not a a 6'4", 230 type of guy. That's just not who Tylen Wallace is. But I thought he could justify going, being a second, maybe a third-round pick, and then deciding, you know what, I'll take my chances and go on. He didn't do it. He decided to come back and make another run at things, and uh, why not? You know, he's six foot, a buck eighty-five. He might say, you know, to really get a first, second round look, I gotta just continue to improve my strength, my route running. Okay, that's cool. We'll take you. Love to have you. You know, <laughs> that's just awesome stuff for Oklahoma State. So, little uh, late Christmas gift and a happy New Year to Oklahoma State fans, and then. I also spent a lot of time thinking about, as I noted earlier in the show, about Matt Rule. Before I get to Rule, though, another uh, notable item, TJ Vasher returning to Texas Tech, wide receiver there. And, uh, you know, I don't know what TJ Vasher's NFL draft status was. Like, I don't, I don't do that. I'm not sure how guys are evaluated on a micro level in the NFL. I don't know if Vasher had any chance of being drafted. 
But I do know having him back is a great deal for Matt Wells. It's good for Alan Bowman, and everybody should be happy about that in Lubbock. They don't want to lose anybody there. But uh, bringing back Vasher is a good thing for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. All right, to Matt Rule. Do I think Matt Rule is going to be coaching Baylor in 2020? Gun to my head, I don't. I don't. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope, like, hell I'm wrong. Boy, do I want to be wrong. But that New York Giants job, Matt Rule's worked for the New York Giants under Tom Coughlin. Born in New York City, East Coast, Penn State guy. I just think that that is one of his New York Yankees jobs. Where if it comes calling... We know he's got the NFL aspirations. How does he turn it down? You know? I mean, think about Baylor and how this season went. Baylor's, you know, a couple of bounces away from being eight and four instead of eleven and one. Which, by the way, eight and four would have been a really good season for Baylor this year as they continue to build that program back up. But they're a bounce here, bounce there from eight and four. And I'm not saying that that's a reason to, you know, strike while the iron's hot or move on or decide to leave or whatever it might be. But if you're Matt Rule and one of your New York Yankees jobs comes up, you know, and I don't know what's on that list for him, right? Like he worked for the New York Giants as an offensive line coach, I believe it was, assistant offensive line coach under Tom Coughlin seven, eight years ago now. Uh, went to Penn State. I don't know if that's on a short list. If the Dallas Cowboys call, could that be on his list? Like, it might be two, three, four max jobs in college or the NFL. But one of them's open. One of them is open. And I'm telling you right now, because, you know, I used to, I'm in Kansas City now, but I used to work and live in New York. They've got pages in the New York Post talking about Matt Rule. Saying, get Matt Rule to New York. Get him here to coach the New York Giants. The New York Post is talking about your coach at Baylor. That is a telling story that cannot be and should not be overlooked. That's where we are right now. And when the New York media is like, hey, go look at the coach from Baylor, heads turn. Heads turn. And there's a lot of reporting out there saying that, you know, if Matt Rule gets that call, And the New York Giants are like, we want you to be our next head coach. I'm not saying Matt Rule wants to leave Waco. I do believe he's happy. And I know he's quoted as saying to ESPN, he plans on coming back to Baylor. Well, that leaves the door open. You know that and I know that. That leaves the door open. I don't think there's anything more that Baylor can do. They've given the guy a massive extension. He's making millions of dollars a year to coach that team and and run that program. I don't know what more Baylor can do, you know, but at some point there's nothing more you can do. How are the Baylor bears going to compete with the New York giants? If that's a dream job for the guy as well. And he's had a taste of the NFL and he has NFL dreams and aspirations. And maybe Matt rule didn't even think they were going to come this soon or this quickly, but if they're here in front of you, how do you compete with that? Right? Like, heck, I don't know how OU could compete with that. If OU had a coach in Lincoln Riley, and they obviously have Lincoln Riley, but if Lincoln Riley's dreams were to coach in the NFL, and I'm not convinced that they are. I mean, Riley's a small-town Texas guy. I'm not convinced that they are. But if Lincoln Riley's dream was to be an NFL head coach, and the Browns are like, hey, we want to team you up with Baker, or the Giants are like, hey, we want you in New York, or the Cowboys say, hey, we love you in Dallas. I don't know how OU competes with that. If that's what the dreams are for a respective individual, 
But that should not change anybody's belief on what Matt Rule is and the kind of guy that he is and what he's done for this program. You tell me three years ago, um, you tell Baylor fans, hey, we're hiring this guy from Temple. His name's Matt Rule. You probably don't know him, but the guy's a stud coach. We're going to take this team from 1-11 and 11 to 11-1, and 1, and then he's going to leave for the NFL. Baylor fans will be like, okay, like that's fine. We're good. Don't know who he is. Temple, East Coast guy, whatever. Sign me up. We'll figure it out. And that might be the case. So, gun to my head, I think he goes somewhere in the NFL. Um, but I don't think it's going to be easy for him, and I think it's like 60-40, maybe 55-45. It's close. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Really appreciate all you being a part of the show, spreading the word as well. And one of those ways to help spread the word is by leaving a rating and a review and then sending us a screenshot of that rating and review to receive your free Heartland College Sports koozie. You can't beat it. It helps us. It helps you. And uh, it really does mean a lot to us when you guys do that. So thank you. And also helping out our sponsors. So you know what? You want to place those Big 12 basketball bets? MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 50% sign-up bonus. Cash right into the account. It's great at MyBookie.ag. And then, of course, uh, Manscaped. Uh, you, you can't beat the guys at Manscaped. They got you taken care of. The kit is phenomenal and 20% off. Get yourself that late Christmas gift with the promo code Heartland 20. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.